values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with me. Um, we've talked about interest rates going up. We're talking about inflation being extremely high. And I've, um, I have been, I think, as fair as anybody can be in my observation of whose fault things are. And when it isn't anybody's fault, it is what it is. There are times you have to deal with things just because that's how they are. It's out of your control. Uh, we can't control what Russia did to Ukraine. We can't control the fallout from it. What's happening with wheat? What's happening with oil prices? What's going to happen to Europe when it comes to trying to heat homes in the wintertime? It's going to be long. It's a long, hard road for Europe as well. Those things we can't control. I've conceded that. But there are things that are within your control when you're in charge. There are things you can do to mitigate the damage that's coming. And I have maintained, I continue to maintain, and I think I continue to prove that the Biden administration's number one issue is not inflation. It certainly is not the border. Um, and it's, I don't think it's the American economy either. And there's a difference between the American economy and inflation. They are they work together, but they're separate things there. I know in my heart the number one issue for the Biden administration is climate change. Everything they do flows from the idea that climate change is the number one issue in the world. It doesn't matter what else is going on. If it adds to climate change, we can't do it or if it reduces climate change in our minds, we must do it. Here's a headline. Senate ratifies climate treaty that will raise the cost of home appliances. Now, I want to go back to we just talked about the economy in the last hour, and we're going to talk about more of it in this hour as well. Um, we are facing what economists are now saying will be steep job losses, that we are going to see layoffs, that they are no longer predicting that a recession may happen. We're in a recession, technically, and whatever. Again, the political term. But we are now going to see what has been the bright spot in our economy, which has been great job availability. We are going to see that diminish. And inflation, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough time. So imagine you are a retailer um, or you're a salesperson at a retail location um, or you are an appliance manufacturer. And now all of a sudden this new set of rules comes in on fuel, on, on energy efficiency and driving down climate change and all of this at a time where it's going to make people are going to be losing their jobs, making less money if they have a job. So let's say the job you're in right now, uh, and I don't wish this on anyone, but let's say you are laid off from the job you're at right now. So you start to scramble and look for a job and you find one, but you start looking at jobs and you say, you know what? Every job that's available out there is paying me two to three dollars less an hour than I was making a year ago because employers now know it has now shifted from a seller's market to a buyer's market, that it's no longer the employee that can dictate wages because the availability of jobs are not out there like they were before. So now I'm making less money than I was. And now I got to go buy a new refrigerator. And it's more expensive because a policy that was just ratified, this was just, and this isn't just Democrats, by the way. Some Republicans had to jump on board with this as well. This is not just a partisan issue, but it is a policy issue. Um, the Senate on Wednesday ratified an international treaty that mandates nations to phase out hydrofluorocarbons to prevent climate change, which will impose new standards that will raise the cost of air conditioning and refrigeration. 
a group of 50 Senate Democrats and 19 Republicans voted to pass this amendment. Um, uh, to, it, it's an amendment to the 1987 U.N. Montreal Protocol. Um, it is it is going to have it, it has an impact in the industry. This is my point when I say the number one agenda is climate change. Now, if you agree with it, you got to be cheering for this and you got to be saying, man, these guys are really dedicated to climate change because even when there's pressure from people like me that are talking about it in the media or pressure on the inside in Congress or pressure from the lobbies for these companies whose prices are going to have to go up, that they are still focused on climate change. You've got to be thrilled with that. From my point of view, timing is everything. And I think going in this direction and keeping your foot on the gas pedal at a time when everybody is saying steep job losses are coming is a disaster and a nightmare. Here's another one. The California Air Resources Board, or CARB, everything's got to be an acronym, is considered new regulations to ban the sale of all diesel semi-trucks by 2040. Why? To fight climate change and rectify a legacy of racist practices. I don't know. How I guess it's in the story. I haven't gotten that far in. I'm not quite sure how diesel trucks, how semi trucks are racist, but somehow they are, according to them. Uh, The proposal would require medium and heavy duty trucks entering ports and rail yards to be fully electric by 2035. Do you? Um, we don't even have to get into the electric vehicle thing. The studies that are out there now, have you have you read them? Go read them. They're out there. It's not my word. It isn't it a conspiracy theory? How many thousands of miles? We haven't talked about trucks yet, but cars, an electric car. How many thousands of miles those vehicles have to drive before they break even and start to add to energy efficiency over and above what fossil fuel vehicles do? Studies are out there. What we're going to have to do to the electric grid nationally in order to produce enough electricity to charge these vehicles. And they want they think we are going to get the national infrastructure in place to do this. And you don't flip a switch. You cannot flip a switch. I went through it. Many of you my age went through it when we've converted from leaded to unleaded gasoline. It took years and years and years to phase out and have fuel available for cars that ran on regular gas. You go to a gas station back when they pumped your gas and they would ask you regular or unleaded. Or when you were once they converted over to self-serve gasoline, you had to choose between leaded and unleaded gasoline. Um, So this is out of California. So. This the California emissions cops want to slam brakes on diesel and then the top bank CEOs. I want you to hear a little bit of this Rashida Tlaib going after bank CEOs because they are loaning money and financing exploration and drilling and production for fossil fuels. Listen to this. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you, Mr. Diamond, because you obviously don't care about working class people in frontline communities like ours that are facing huge amounts of high rates of asthma, respiratory issues, and so much more. Cancer rates are so high among my communities that I represent. So I'm not going to even ask you if you're committing to ending financing of new oil and gas projects. She goes on to say this is why it's important to stop funding fossil fuels. But Ms. Frazier, Mr. Monaghan, Mr. Shea. 
we are living through a climate crisis today, and a commitment to net zero requires a commitment to ending fossil fuel financing. It is important because I want you all to know at the end we're going to pay the cost of the public health impact. These are people that you're supposed to be serving, the folks that you're supposed to be providing and supporting in communities. So this is the push. Now, all of you out there, we're talking about high prices. The gas prices have come down a bit. Diesel prices are still extremely high. Why? Because we are not able to keep up with the demand in the production capabilities that we have here in the U.S. And why would a fossil fuel company, why would an energy company do any restoration, repair, anything on any of their production capabilities, whether it's gasoline or diesel fuel, when not only are they being told that within 15 years, 20 years, you're going to be completely out of that industry and you have members of Congress going after the finance companies and calling them horrible people that you are forcing people to die. You're killing people by loaning money to these companies. It's the policy. It is the climate change is the only thing to worry about policies that are taking us down this road in great measure. It certainly is adding to the problem. And I I will maintain that forever. Got to talk about Arizona schools. There are new laws going into effect for K through 12 schools. You have kids, you have grandkids in schools. How does it affect you? We'll talk about that in just one moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. A new rules coming into effect in K through 12 schools, starting with curriculum, curriculum and school policies. K through three reading programs. House Bill 2026 requires every school district and charter school to submit a plan annually to the Arizona Department of Education for improving students' reading proficiency in first, second, and third grades. I will tell you of everything that's gone on in public schools and charter schools, even private schools, anything that's gone on in education. And I I'm not an educator, but I can tell you from personal experience, if we do not focus laser focus on this more than any other issue, which is children reading at grade level by third grade, we are doing the biggest disservice to our children in their future. That's possible. I mean that sincerely. Math, absolutely. But if they can't read, if they cannot read at grade level in third grade, they you are tying one hand behind their back for the rest of their lives. This is a concerted effort, both sides of the political aisle, everybody involved, parents understanding. And the other part of this, too, is what happens when parents are deficient in reading. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's the impossibility of trying to help a child learn further in life. But listen, as a parent, you have to realize if you're in a situation where you can't help your kids with their homework and you're embarrassed by it, you got to get them help somehow because you don't want them to be that parent someday. That's just one of the changes that's coming um, in in K through 12 reading. Um, Social study requirements requires high school students started with the graduate class of 2026 to answer correctly at least 70 out of 100 questions listed on the civics portion of an exam immigrants take to become U.S. citizens. I, I think how could anybody argue with that? That test. You got to get a 70% in civics. 
to graduate. And it's the same test that's a requirement for people that want to become citizens of this country. I think it's a great idea. Um, it, it, it's uh, the Joe Foss Institute, um, a, a great organization doing this push across the country. And there were many state legislatures that didn't really even understand that there wasn't this kind of a requirement already in place. I think it's great. House Bill 2325 requires Arizona schools to dedicate a portion of the day every September 11th to age-appropriate education about 9-11. It also establishes the date as 9-11 Education Day. I think it's brilliant as well. You know, uh, talking to people, um, you know, uh, about we have adults that have very little memories of 9-11. They were either not born yet or they were very, very young and they're adults now. And so I think it's important not to scare people, but to warn people. You know, we teach people about the Holocaust. We teach people about uh, young people, about the things that have happened, the Civil War, uh, Jim Crow laws, because we don't want to go down that road again and repeat them. Same thing here. Um, this one about uh, H. B. House Bill 2495 prohibits Arizona schools from referring students to using sexually explicit material unless parental consent is received and the material possesses serious education value, educational value for minors. Uh, there's a lot of criticism here, and I don't know why. I think the biology of sex and sexuality are two different things. The biology of sex is one thing in school. The birds and the bees, that's one thing. That's biology. And it's important. But if you're going to start talking about the morality of sexuality in any capacity, the parents have got to have the final say in what you're going to teach their children. I would say from my personal point of view, which isn't the end-all be-all, but my point of view is it shouldn't be in schools at all when it comes to sexuality. And the reason why is because every and it's probably you think about your own children. If you've got children, each of your children are different. Did you have the same talk the same way or the same conversations the same way? With your children at the same time in their life? Or was there one child you talked to earlier than the other? Did you approach it differently with one than the other or others? It, it's, it is such a unique thing within a household where the morality standard is set by a parent or the parents. They have different conversations with different children based on different places they are in their lives. So I just don't think there's any business of it. Um, and uh, it goes on. There's a lot more in here. And there's one last thing that I want to throw out there about following the science, just because I want to throw this out there for us to, to think about. Study. I have a study in front of me. The use of face masks in classroom made, in quotation marks, no significant difference in COVID-19 infection rates, according to this study. Um, these researchers from several universities and hospitals in Spain came to the conclusion by analyzing COVID-19 transmission rates, ages, and the mandates and use of masks in classrooms across the region um, said, unraveling the roles of the mandatory use of face covering masks in the control of, of COVID-19 in schools. Um, 1,907 schools total of 599,000 students during the first term of 2021's academic year. It included in this August edition of this peer review. So there was no significant change, no significant help. So everybody that's going to about to shout to me on social media, what if it saves one lives, one life? I want you to think about what a detriment the masks and the separation for young people has been. This is the quandary it's going to put educators in. When I mean educators, the politics of education. They are screaming and justifiably screaming for mental health support for students. They are also screaming a lot for a lot of students to have help with speech development. Because of the masks. So 
you can't on one hand say um, they were necessary and they did a really good thing and then scream about the fallout because they weren't helpful in a lot of ways. We just got to remember, everyone, follow the science. That's what we have to do. Coming up in a moment. Steep job losses coming across the U.S. We'll talk about what the latest economy economists are saying about the next shoe to fall. That's coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Just wish we could listen to Prince all morning. We, again, this, this is the segment of the show that should be bad news over great music. I think that's so you could consume this a little better. What we're about to talk about would be easier to take if you're dancing in your office or your car right now to Prince when I talk about what you're about to hear from Jerome Powell saying it ain't over. Um, but maybe that would be wrong. Uh, which is even more reason for me to do it. Uh, Jerome Powell was speaking yesterday about the three-quarters of a point rate hike that has got the stock market going crazy. It dropped over 500 points yesterday. I'm going to get to some some opinions about this in a moment, but I want you to hear Jerome Powell from the Fed and what he said is coming. The FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, and we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. Mm. What that means is, uh, yes, we've done a lot, but there's a lot more to do. So what does that mean? What does that mean for the average person? So here is a Wall Street Journal story, how the Fed rate increases will hit Americans, month, Americans monthly budgets. Rising rates increase your, increase your credit card bills. The average annual percentage rate in a credit card increased from around 16.17 to more than 18% in September because of rate increases, according to Bankrate. Since the average household carries just under $9,000, $89.42, uh, that works out to roughly an extra $14 in interest each month. Um, mortgage rates may be going up. It, mortgage rates are not directly connected to the Fed. But when we see these rates do this, these they, they arose to 6.02%, up from 4.16 just a month, you know, from a few months ago. Um, you're also going to see higher interest rates on vehicles. Savings account may get some more interest if you're able to save money. And uh, so this is where part of it is going. So people were asked, this was an interesting question, um, how do you feel the president is handling the economy? So one guy, this was in San Francisco, a, guy, a man named Keith said, horrible. I don't even want to comment on that. I don't even know if Biden is conscious sometimes. Then they talked to a woman named Susan, also in San Francisco. She said he's doing what he can as president in an, ex- in an executive position. This can't fall on one person. And I would tell you, um, I agree in with both a little bit. The president of the United States has not done what he can. I think Keith is right that when he says, I don't know if he's conscious sometimes, I wouldn't go that far. But I would say, how long were we being told transitory inflation, transitory inflation, transitory inflation? We were told that it's going to jump up a little bit, then it's going to fall right back down. So they did nothing. Whistling past the graveyard, as they used to say. And now it's biting them and it's hurting the American people. And this is where you've got to take some responsibility. You're the president of the United States. You are elected to be the leader of this country, along with the members of Congress, along with the people you appoint to certain positions in your cabinet. And you all got it wrong. 
So the American people are going to pay for your mistake. How will you deal with that? Thus far, what they've done is bragged about the jobs. They've bragged about how the economy is still booming and how could we be in a recession with people still hiring and a lot of jobs being available. So now the Fed responds by three quarters of a point yesterday. They believe it's going to be another three quarters of a point, possibly before the end of the year. So um, about an hour and a half from now, a little less than that. We are going to speak with Kristen Bentz. Kristen Bentz is with the company. Her company is called KB Advisory Group. And uh, she is a Wall Street um, retail analyst and has done this for years, has got an impeccable reputation in the industry of being able to see how this will affect the average person across all of the economic um, uh, strata, all of it. So it's going to the working class Americans, the people that are shopping at Target and Walmart, and then the people are shopping at Barney's. She can and everything in between. That's what she did for a living and what she does for a living now advising people. And she's going to join us just after 11 o'clock to talk about exactly that. Because my concern is, yes, what is happening is tough because now every expert, no, I shouldn't say every, it's never every expert. Most economists are now not only saying recession, but they are saying that what the Fed is going to have to do and what they are doing right now and what they must continue to do to drive down inflation cannot happen without severe job losses across all sectors of the job market. So these kind of this kind of news affects everyone. It affects so many people. So the entry level employee, an entry level employee, someone who is just entering the job market, it's going to be hard for them to find a job without experience. Correct. So you're going to keep more experienced people that you can pay less money because the market dictates you can pay less money. It's going to be harder for the young people that don't have a savings account, that don't have a, uh, a credit score or a history of credit where they've got credit cards or home equity they can live off of to get through some rough times. They don't have that. They are just starting out. But then what about the other end of the spectrum? What about those people that are close to retirement? I for, I'm not there. I'm 55. Ten years from now, I'll be there. Ten years from now, I'm going to be that person looking at something like this and say, oh, there, that just extended my work life another three, four, five years or whatever. So it's affecting people on both ends of the age groups. But then look at the working families and look at everybody else that it's going to affect. And I think more than anything, immediately what it's going to do is it's going to hammer consumer confidence. Because people like you and people like me, you are willing to spend when you know you're going to have a job and you know you can pay your bills. So you'll do the vacation. You'll do the weekend trip. You'll buy a newer vehicle. You'll trade in a car, go into some debt to get a new, even if it's not brand new, you'll get a newer vehicle. You'll do those things because we can handle it. That, 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 uh, that lifestyle, the comfort level, the, the necessity is good. And so is our job prospects. So is our living. But man, when it goes sideways like this, and not only does the Fed say to everybody that's listening, it is bad, but we have to make it worse. That was the part of what Jerome Powell said that all of us need to remember. 
And so we'll, we'll continue. Don't forget, uh, at, at 11.05, uh, Kristen Vence will join us with a lot more insight into what's going to happen going into the holiday season. If they raise it three-quarters of a point in October or November, what does that do to people's ability to borrow money in the sense of using credit cards for holiday gifts and trips and everything else? So all that's coming up. Um, in a moment, uh, Republicans and Democrats differ on a lot of different things, but opinions about this country, reward of work, and American greatness. We're going to talk about this study. In, oh, and and I've got some really good news for people in my age group that you're really going to – it's finally something fun we can talk about. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, so I'm going to start this off by saying that our age differences in this building are a shame. And I think a lot of us would agree. My producer, Julia, has never seen Beverly Hills Cop. Netflix just announced they're remaking the next version of Beverly Hills Cop. Eddie Murphy, Taggart, and Rosewood are all back. Paul Reiser's back in the cast. And remember the crazy guy, um, Bronson Pinshot, who played in it? They're all coming back to do a remake of Beverly Hills Cop that's going to be called Axel Foley. What do you think, Jeff? Well, first of all, for full disclosure, I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop either. Uh, have we met? I don't go to movies a lot. Oh my gosh, you you have Netflix, don't you? I do, but I, you know what I use Netflix for? To watch reruns. Me too. I've seen Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. I can quote the movies. They are so funny. What about the Nick Nolde character? That's, he isn't in Beverly Hills Cop. That was in 48 Hours. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I told you I haven't seen that either. Wow. I'm, I'm literally shocked because it was right in our wheelhouse of our generation. I just got it somewhere in the mid-80s. I kind of went, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to movies anymore. <laughs> I went to see The Secret of My Success and my date that night. May, that might have scared me okay. off from going back. There you go. <laughs> we well, won't go into that any further, right. by the way. But for the rest of you that are my age, I am. it's finally some good news. Ed, what do you think? Good news, right? Wouldn't you say? I think it's awesome. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And it's called Axel Foley, but they're bringing back almost all of the original characters that made it so much fun. So if you liked Cobra Kai because of watching The Karate Kid, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. I haven't, I don't know why I thought was so excited about this, but I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this to happen. Um, there is uh, Republicans and Democrats differ on rewards versus work in America and American greatness. It's very interesting. Uh, if you work hard in America, are you likely to get ahead? Eighty five percent of Republicans agree. Thirteen percent disagree. And two percent are unsure. Only 53 percent of Democrats in this poll think that hard work makes you get ahead in America. Forty six percent of Democrats don't believe that's true. Uh, so again, maybe that's the political ideology there. I look at think I look at us and say, where are political differences? How can we see the world so differently? I think that might be one way. I'm not criticizing either one. I will tell you that I was raised from a young age pointing at people when we had very, very little, but pointing at people that said to me, if I can do it, you can do it. Work hard. There are no guarantees, but hard work does count. 
showing up on time and working hard gets you ahead. I can tell you from the industry I grew up in. I'm so excited. I'm speaking to a group of construction workers today, a construction company today. Um, and I am speaking at their big company meeting. And I'm really excited to be in a room full of people from my, my world because in that industry, they are starving for young people that show up on time, are willing to work hard, and are willing to take orders. And to tell you the truth, you don't have to be exceptionally smart. I'm proof of that. You don't have to be a lot of different things except willing. And if you're willing to work hard, you can excel. It's been my message to young people for as long as I can remember because I can tell you very – and I mean this very humbly and very honestly. There is nothing remarkable about me. I am average in almost every way except I will tell you the one thing I will say about myself is that I work hard. It doesn't matter what the job is. I promise bosses from the day I walked on my first construction site to when I got hired here at this radio station, I've told every boss, I may not ever be the most talented person you have, but nobody will work harder than I do. And I, I take pride in that. And so for me, I am a definite yes that if you work hard, you can get ahead for a kid that barely has a high school diploma. You know, which is true. Um, a, a one semester of college, which was, you know, uh, just mostly elective classes. Um, I've educated myself and I have excelled in two different industries, not because of talent, just because I work hard. And I think for for us in that poll is such a telling thing. Why do why do I see the world as a Republican so differently than the friends I grew up with that are Democrats? And I think a lot of it is that. If you are someone that feels like it doesn't matter how hard I work, I'm not going to get ahead anyway, that shifts your policy point of view. That shifts how you see the world. The world's against me. The deck is stacked against me. I'm not going to get ahead. So unless I am a superstar athlete, unless I'm seven feet tall and run a 4-3-40, unless I can sing or unless I can, I'm a great actor, unless I can do some one thing exceptionally, the deck is stacked against me. If I am just an average person, I'm going to work at an average job and I'm never going to get ahead. If that's how you see the world, now I completely understand your political philosophies and your political ideologies. And that's where I would work is if I was somebody running for office or if I was able to talk to young people, I wouldn't want to change their political philosophy. I would want to change their worldview. I would want to encourage them to go and talk to people that have been immensely successful. And you're going to find out two things. You're a lot like them. They're not smarter than you. They are not smarter than you. And if they will tell you, if they did it, you can do it. If you can change that perspective, man, you can change people's lives. I just thought it was an interesting study. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, Prop 309, voting by mail and the new requirements. It's all coming up in a few.